Mm, thank God for coffee. Welcome to episode 12, Nicodemus part two. We're going to pick up where we left off in, in part one. If you missed part one, I would advise you. I would counsel you to listen first to part one, which is actually episode 11. And I hope that you're having a great time. If my voice is a little different today, just know we had a double whammy service and I had to translate. So I feel like my voice has taken a beating today. But we're drinking coffee today and I'm drinking that obsidian coffee, Keurig, Caribou. And my wife actually prepared it for me and she always prepares it with a lot of love. She put a hint of cinnamon. See, she's always super nice to me and she loves me so much because I'm such a great husband. <laughs> no, just kidding. I mean, I mean, I am, I am a great husband. Wow, oh, wow. So, okay, my producer making fun of me. Amen. I hope you had a wonderful day or I hope you're going to have a wonderful day. Many times, let me tell you, your day is going to be defined by the attitude that you have when you leave your house. If you have a good attitude, more than likely you're going to have a good day. And even when situations do happen, like situations arise, all of us have problems, you know, situations, problems that, that happen. Maybe maybe people around you are um, doofuses and they're driving horribly around you and sometimes that puts you in a bad mood. But make the decision to have a good day. Do everything possible to have a good day. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. It really does. And to the people around you as well, because you're not, you know, you're not Scrooge McDuck and people like you. You know what I mean? I'm telling, oh, my son makes the money sign. He's like, yeah, Scrooge McDuck has cash. Wow, son. Mm, I know why you're doing this. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm going to take a sip of this coffee. This coffee. Jeez. Mm. I'm not saying it. Thank God for coffee. I'm not. <laughs> All right. How many are ready today for the interesting coffee fact of the day? Uh, wow, that was a little late. That was a little late. But here we go. I'm sure you guys are not going to get this one. Here goes. And it says like this. How much does the average American spend on coffee every year? How much does the average American spend on coffee every year? Oh man. I'll tell you not 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 uh not Pastor Jaime, all right? Not me. And drum roll, please. The average amount spent on coffee by Americans every year is $1,092 a year, which actually breaks down to $92 a month, which is about $3 worth of coffee a day. Wow. Man, I'm telling you. See, I'll, tell, I'll be honest with you guys. That was me. That used to be me. And then I got married. <laughs> once the family came around, once the bills came around, I was like, oh, you know what? I got to start buying my own coffee. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Big shout out to Family Worship Center this morning. Um, I, I ran into a brother at, at church and he goes, hey, 
He goes, he, he saw me actually drinking Dutch Bros coffee. And he goes, hey, I, I hope you share that in the podcast, he tells me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I will. It was actually a Golden Eagle Dutch Bros coffee that I did not buy. Shout out to Brother Ezekiel, who bought that, that, that Golden Eagle. My son chose the Golden Eagle, which I don't know. It was, it was I guess, it was okay. All right, let's get in this. Why, why did we come? We came for the word of God, amen? And you know what? We're just, we're just going really quick through the book of John chapter 3. And I'm telling you, we are learning some awesome stuff. We're going to pick up in verse 9. And we're going to read uh, from verse 9. We're going to go to verse 21. Amen. From verse 9 to verse 21. And again, if you hear my voice a little funny, just know that, I mean, we've had two amazing services today. Actually, two people got baptized as well today. We were expecting only one. And then the other, another person decided to go ahead and go for it. So praise the Lord for that. Amen. <clears throat> so we'll start with. If you missed um, if you missed any part of part one, Nicodemus part one, remember that Jesus and Nicodemus are actually sitting together. They're coming together. They're actually having a conversation. Nicodemus is uh, being told by Jesus that in order for us to inherit the kingdom of God, we need to be born again of water and of spirit. Amen. So now we're going to see uh, Nicodemus's answer to Jesus's is reply. Amen. Look at here. Uh, it's John chapter three, verse nine. Here we go. It says, Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Here goes. Most popular scripture in the whole Bible is this right here. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but but that through the but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Verse 19, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. Hallelujah. Powerful portion of scripture. We read the most important scripture in all of the Bible, which in a nutshell it's just, it's amazing because it's talking about God's great love for humanity in verse 16, 
that says, for God so loved the world. My brother, my sister, anybody, if you ever feel like you are far from God, like you have just failed God, like there's no way that you could ever be a Christian or that you could ever be right with God, I want you to think about this verse for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I told you guys in episodes past that that word begotten means come forth or brought forth or came. Remember we talked about the bosom, amen? When, when we read in John when it, when it was beginning, I believe it was chapter 1 or chapter 2, it says that the son, the only begotten son, uh, monogenous, if you remember, that means brought forth the soul, uh, the soul one, or the only one, S O L E, soul one, brought forth from his heart, has made God known. Amen. So you have to comprehend this. When the Bible says right here, for God so loved the world that he gave his only one, the only one brought forth from the heart of God which is his son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, who's him, in Jesus, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I love this in verse 17, for it says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. See, many times we think, oh man, the Christian is here, he's gonna judge me. And see, no, that's, that's wrong, my brother, my sister, that's not God's intention. God's intention was not for for the, the church to condemn the world, but that all may come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and actually be saved, amen? So you have to comprehend this. Sorry, my <clears throat> throat's a little dry. But let's go into the breakdown, okay? I, I, I see that, that we broke uh, chapter 3, verse 16. We broke verse 16, but I want to go into this amazing portion of Scripture Again, this is Nicodemus part two, and we start off with Nicodemus's words in verse nine. He says, Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? See, let me tell you something. When we have no knowledge of God, we don't understand the word of God. We, we just know of a religion. We know of church, maybe. We cannot fathom. We cannot imagine <coughs> that God saved humanity this way because we can't comprehend God's ways. You have to understand something. Our mind is limited. Our experiences, our emotions, all of it is limited, amen? So you got to comprehend something. Nicodemus, being a man that understood religion, being a man that understood, you know, the prophecies because he himself was a Pharisee, he hears Jesus speak and he's just kind of like, how can this be? And I love Jesus's response because Jesus is like, are you the teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? And see, almost all the time, almost all the time, you talk to somebody that maybe grew up as an atheist or you talk to somebody that maybe never had a relationship with Jesus and it almost sounds like nonsense to them. They're like, how can... How can, you know, you believe in this guy named Jesus? How can you believe that he was crucified? How can you believe that this actually really happened? Amen. And this is important that you understand. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know. Look at what Jesus says. See, I'm telling you what we know and testify what we have seen. 
See, many times I tell people, listen, God saved my life. I have a firm belief. There is no shadow of a doubt in my mind that if Jesus would not have saved my life, if Jesus would not have come and transformed my life, I would have either been dead or imprisoned. That's it. I, I truly believe that. Either I wouldn't be here anymore or I would be in, locked up in a prison somewhere. Amen. And you got to understand something like this is what Jesus is saying. He says, he says, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. So I feel to say this right now. If you have been trying to share the message of Jesus Christ with a loved one, if you have been trying to share the message of Jesus Christ with somebody and they do not accept you, what you have to say, if they just completely, you know what, blow you off and, and do not want to listen to anything that you're saying, you are in good company because you are doing the work of Jesus Christ because he felt this. See what he said right there? He says, we, have, uh, we testify about what we have seen, and you do not receive our, our witness. Look at verse 12. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Sometimes I feel like this. People will ask me about church. People will ask me about, you know, our religion or what we believe or our doctrine. And the moment that I say, you know, about baptism in water and, and I tell them, you know what, you got to believe on Jesus Christ and you got to follow him. And it, it's almost like to people, it's like getting baptized. What? Being submersed in water in front of people. It almost sounds like ridiculous it's like oh why do i have to do this amen and see this is what this is what jesus was telling nicodemus like he's like i can't explain things more in depth to you to you because even the simplest things that i'm already telling you you won't accept you won't accept that you have to be baptized you won't accept that the baptism represents a grave. And what do I mean by a grave? It says that you and I have been buried through baptism with Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? That means that when you and I get baptized, it's almost like our cross. Amen. Jesus had his physical cross where his blood was shed for us. But when we are baptized, we enter the water as the old person. And then when we come out of the water, we come out as the new person. And somebody hearing my voice might be hearing me and saying, okay sure hmm. that's a wild one that's man that's a whopper amen and we're not at burger king but you got to understand something jesus is telling this to nicodemus and nicodemus being a learned man being a man that has you know that has uh, uh wisdom will not accept what jesus has to say and that's something that i got to explain to somebody maybe You've been in church all your life, and maybe the only thing that you've ever known about God is an established religion, and you've never known a relationship. You've never known, uh, an you've never had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You've never felt God in your lowest point, amen, where you felt like you had no other choice. You had no other place, amen. 
And see, this is what this is what's happening here. You got to understand, we have two systems here. You have Nicodemus, that is a man that's always worked for his own salvation and has always tried to excel and, and be lifted up in front of men. And then you have Jesus Christ offering the door of salvation, offering a relationship with, with the Holy Spirit, offering something new. Amen. I love this. And see, if you go into uh, verse 13, it says, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. So he's talking about himself. That is the son of man who is in heaven. All right. Talking about Jesus. Look at verse 14. And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the son of man be lifted up. I believe it's Numbers chapter 21 or Numbers 12. One of those two where it talks about the people um, being bitten by snakes. Amen. And you got to understand what God tells Moses. God goes and tells Moses and he says, hey, lift up a bronze serpent and lift it up in the middle of the desert. And when people look at this bronze serpent, they're going to be healed from the poison of the snakes, of the serpents. And you might say, well, what does that all have to do with, with us today, pastor? What, what, is, what, what does that mean? Because I'll tell you what, when we live our life in this world, we do not understand that this world is going to have trials and tribulations. It's going to have, it's going to just be this immense affliction and these, this weight on our shoulders when we don't have Jesus, right? But see, you got to comprehend something. The serpent represents curse, a curse, amen? So Jesus comes and he's a curse, like the Bible says, and he hangs from a tree and he's crucified to die, amen? But see, this is what Jesus was doing. He was doing a, a foreshadowing of what was to come. Jesus would be lifted up on the cross. He would be crucified. And every time you and I would look to the cross of Calvary and look at Jesus Christ, it would be like if we were looking upon the bronze serpent in the middle of the desert, in the wilderness, amen? So what God was saying is no matter how bleak your life might feel, no matter how bad such a situation might get, no matter what you could be going through right now, you can find hope in the cross of Calvary where Jesus Christ was crucified. And I love that because what he was saying is it doesn't matter how much pain, strife, struggle, sin you've gone through in this life. God is the answer that you have been looking for. And then it goes into verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What does that mean? That means that the door of salvation was opened through the death of Jesus Christ. Not by your works, not because you've earned it, not because you've learned how to play religion and been the best Nicodemus. No, but because you have learned to acknowledge that you are a flawed person like me, and we need salvation. We need a relationship with Jesus. Look at verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. And see, you got to understand, this is what the world thinks. The world thinks, oh, you know what? I don't like church because all they do is judge people. I don't like church because it's, they're nothing but hypocrites. They say they live one thing, but in reality, they, they say another thing. But see, this is the intent of God. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that, through, that the world through him might be saved. And he who believes in him is not condemned. 
See, God's hope is that you believe in his sacrifice, that you believe in what he's done for you already. But he who does not believe is condemned already. Well, let me explain that to you, okay? Let me explain that to you. If I was to give you a gift, if I was to try to bless you with something, and you look at me in my eyes, and you tell me, I do not want anything from you, Pastor Jaime. I don't need it. Thank you very much. And you close the door in my face. What you're saying, spiritually speaking, what you're saying is, Jesus, thanks, but no thanks. Thank you for going to the cross, but I'm, I'm a good enough person. I don't need your sacrifice. And this is what it's talking about. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. You might hear a little girl in here because it's my daughter that's running around in here. Um, but just know that she's an awesome little girl and I love her with all my heart. Um, but you, I, I need you to comprehend this right now. Amen. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name the only begotten son of the only begotten son of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Look at verse 19. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And you have to understand something. You might say, well, I see a lot of good people and I don't know what, what you're talking about. I want you to understand something. No one in this world is without sin. No one in this world is without sin. No one can stand and say, you know what? It's just, we, I've been such a good person. Because you got to understand something. Good is going to be measured by the standard in which you measure it. And what do I mean by that? You might be good to your standards. You might be good according to you. But when we lift up and we put it up against the standard of God, all of us, the Bible says, even on your most holiest days, even on your most holiest days, it's like filthy rags before the Lord. Why, why am I saying that? I don't mean to make you feel bad. I'm not looking to make you feel judged or condemned. I'm letting you understand and know that we all need Jesus. And we all need a relationship with our Heavenly Father. That believe it or not, you might live in this world, but everybody in this world worships something. You either worship money, you worship cars, you worship career, you worship family. People, There's people that worship their children. There's people that worship their job title. There's people that worship religion and ministry. Don't, do not get it twisted. Do not let this pastor ever tell you that God is religion or that God is ministry because it's not. We do this for God because we're grateful to God for what he has done in our lives and this is what Jesus was talking about we speak about and we testify of what we know and what we have seen 
But at the end of the day, we know that none, none, none are worthy. I'm not worthy. And it wasn't that God, it wasn't that God transformed me because, oh, you know what? I, I just woke up one day and I decided to be a better person. No. I understand and comprehend that without him, I am nothing. I am second to Jesus Christ always. And I love him with all of my heart. I hope and I pray that everyone, everyone understands and comprehends the posture of my heart. For I am not looking to exalt myself over anybody. I'm not looking to say that I'm better than anyone. I just want to share this gift that God has given me. And I pray that you receive it. Thank you so much for being a part of this group. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask for two things from you. If anybody has any prayer requests, go to our Facebook and send us a message. Thank God for Coffee Podcast. Follow us first. Like and follow. And then send us a message. And in this message, go ahead and include any prayer requests, anything that you'd like us to pray for, any questions you might have. Amen. Go ahead and send it to our uh, our messenger on Facebook. On Instagram, thank God for Coffee Podcast. Give us a follow. I'm telling you, we are growing in leaps and bounds, and we are excited with what God is doing. Listen to the other episodes. I understand everybody has their busy life. Do it. Do it. Go back and listen to the episodes. God bless you. I pray that you are well today and that you exalt God in everything that you do. In Jesus' mighty name. Till next time.